With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to us in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Stone Cold. I haven't 
I've got the article sent to me by a fan saying that Roman was being praised for his work as a heel. I don't think he's doing a bad job either. I think he's doing what he's supposed to. He's pissing the crowd off. Isn't that what it's, uh, the main objective of a fucking heel is? Anyways, um, so, anyways, folks, in two minutes, in two minutes' time, we will be joined by Mr. Slade himself. Actually, a minute left. Holy cow. Now, you know me. I either have things prepared or I'm on the fly. I promise you I'm not all over the place all the time at any time. But it's supposed to be a fun experience, folks. So here, in a minute, we will hear from Mr. Slade himself. But in the meantime, I have 32 seconds left before this awesome dude's introduction. Allow me to elaborate. There's some work that needs to be done, obviously, through WWE, SmackDown Live, and WWE Raw. Without an audience, you're still going to get critics and pessimists like myself. I will point stuff out and say, hey, this is awesome. This is cool. This sucked. Isn't that what a fan is supposed to do? Is just give live interactive comments, you know, instead of just be a a face on a virtual TV, which is pretty cool, by the way. Anyhow, all right. We're not going to be on dead air time, I swear. Wow. Getting messages already from fans. This is cool. Sorry, I talk out loud, so it's when I get nervous. But all right, so we're about six minutes into the show, and we're still awaiting the arrival of Mr. Slade. But while I have time, so Adam Pierce, who wrestled out of his suit. Uh, he hasn't wrestled in years, and that was in. Let's see here. I'm gonna get. Let me let me get an actual last name. I've probably flubbed up his name. It was the executive agent who took some time to work Roman Reigns, which um, I don't know if this was the plan, if this was the bait and switch, or if this was a ploy to give us somebody else. I I don't know what's going on, but. Versus Adam Pierce, I got it right. So, okay, so well, I'm just gonna say it. I was not a fan of that whole gimmick because we don't know as fans what you're doing, which is great in one aspect, but it's also bad that you did that and and did us like that, you know, giving us the giving us the low down dirty. But anyways, folks. We do have a guest, and by the way, I think, yep, no, I'm pretty sure the King of Sladesville, I'm sorry if I just came up with that on my own, sir, please welcome to Wrestle Radio Network, start of 2021, the one and the only RCW's own, Spencer Slade. What's going on, everybody? Glad to be on this show. So, my friend. I, I must ask you, what 
was your well, I'm going to ask this right out the gate. I asked some of the guests this question. What was it like when you first started out as a pro wrestler? Like, what were your first initial thoughts? Like, oh, man, I hope everything goes great. I hope I don't flub up the sequences. Um, what was your initial thought? Were you nervous? Were you confident? What was the initial feeling? Oh, my God, man. You said the word right there, man, confident. You know, I've been uh, I've been confident ever since the uh, day I stepped foot in the ring, you know, uh, you know, pro wrestlers, anything in my life I've ever, ever wanted to do. Uh, there's nothing else in life, no other job, no nothing else that uh, that uh, that I'd rather be be a pro wrestler. So um, to me, man, it was just confident from day one. It's been exactly uh, it's been exactly what I thought it's been. So confidence, baby. Yeah, that's the opposite answer. <laughs> what some guys and gals have told me on the show, like, oh man, I was nervous. I felt like I was gonna throw up. And I was like, but you, that's the that's a real fire kicker right there, fire starter, I should yeah, say, in a good uh, way. You know, because absolutely, that's uh, that's something that uh, you know I pride myself on over other people. You know, I'm a very confident individual. Uh, a lot of people call me cocky, but uh, you know, if, uh, it's not my fault they can't match my confidence. So, uh, um, of course, you get people out there that are nervous. I mean, that's uh, you know, in some things in life, if if, if, if you're if you if you're nervous, it means you care. But me, man. Like I said, man, wrestling, confidence all the way. Well, you know what? Danny Cage says that a lot at Monster Factory. Even when I went to his camps, he said, you know, you got to be confident. You can't be half-assing or unsure. Uh, he asked me, he's like, do you want to do a promo for tonight's show, whatever it's going to be? And I stupidly hesitated, and he's like, I'm oh, not going to fucking do it. You know what, dude? Like, I have a feeling, and this is what I say for some of my guests. I was like, I have a feeling we'll be seeing this individual on Ring of Honor, NXT, uh, AEW, which is like the main from wherever you end up, my man. Because confidence is what promoter is looking for, and that's right out the gate. I get the vibe that if somebody puts a mic in your hand, it instantly becomes gold, whether you're a heel or a face. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you uh, you hit it around the head right there. Obviously, you know uh, my goal in wrestling is to make this full time living, whether it's uh, with Ring of Honor, AEW, NXT, New Japan, whatever, uh, whatever, uh, whatever major wrestling company makes the best decision they've ever made in their life and offer me a contract. Because I guarantee you that will be the best decision. Um, and especially when you're trying to make professional wrestling a career, you have to be confident. Um, I actually was listening to. Uh, uh, Seth Rollins was on uh, Chris Jericho's uh, podcast. This is like back in 2016, I think it was. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, when you're an upcoming in, uh, indie wrestler and uh, you want to get signed and you want to get that big opportunity, you got to be the most competent guy in the uh, in the wrestling ring, you know. And uh, that's just that's just one thing that I just I pride myself in. You know, it's uh, it's something that you can carry carry around in your everyday life, you know, whether you're confident talking to a girl or confident at your job. It's just I feel like once you get confidence down, you're you're uh, you're unstoppable. You can do anything you put your mind to. See, like I, I noticed on like your promo picks, it's like this dude, like if I see him at the performance center, I'm gonna crack the joke. Why? You know, every guest that comes on my show, holy shit, Travis Swift Gordon, Ring of Honor, Brian Pillman Jr., 
AEW. Do I have a say in that? No, it's the wrestler that makes the man, right? The guy that goes into the promotion and makes a name for himself. It has nothing to do with a podcast, and that's kind of my annoyance with certain shows is that, oh, I wonder if so-and-so was listening to our show. And I've told a guest or, a, you know, an impromptu guest one time, I said, you want to know the truth, dude, about companies? They don't listen to your show unless you've made wavelengths and had thousands upon thousands or millions upon millions of listeners, followers, subscribers, the whole nine. They're not paying attention to, oh, maybe they saw my sign in the crowd. No, that's marking out for yourself. And two, like confidence, as you said, is a huge, huge ingredient for promoters to be like, wow, you know what? This dude right here, this Spencer Slade, you know, he's got – you not only do when you caught my attention, it's like wow, you know he's got the kind of the Rick Steiner thing with the. I I'm horrible with equipment uh, descriptions, but you've got that gimmick, and I'm like, and not only that, seen some clips where you seems like you got booed out of the building, and I was like, holy fuck, he's not even on TV, but yet I said, dude moves like a cat, and he's got agility. So if the performance center gets a hold of you, my friend, and they see you, they're going to be like, okay, you know, what do you bring to the table? I'm thinking in my head, as far ahead as I can think, and I'm like, some guests are like, oh, well, thank you. And I'm like, hmm, do these people know that I kind of got the, not to sound overconfident, but the Midas touch? Like, you go on my show, look what happens. Good luck happens soon follow after the No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to sound too arrogant, you know, like as far as no, like, well, this guy's on my show, you know. Hey, 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 you, and, and that's uh, that's one thing too, you know. If uh, you know, if you can, uh, if you can back it up, then I mean, my my issue is like, you know, you can be as arrogant as you want, but you better be able to back it up. Uh, and that's you know, that's kind of how I am in the wrestling ring, you know. You're uh, Spencer Slade. He's uh, what you see is what you get, man. I'm an overly aggressive athletic shooter. I like to pride myself as like a Rick Steiner or Kurt Angle or Chris Benoit. That's kind of that's kind of what I am. I'm, I'm a uh, I'm a uh, I'm a wrestler who wants nothing more than to go in there and uh, beat the ass of whoever's uh, across from me. Um, one of the best things I love to watch too is uh, you know, when you watch wrestling, the most authentic wrestler in today's society is obviously Brock Lesnar. Why? Because he's the most believable wrestler, and that's um. And I'm sure we'll talk about talk about now talk about that soon. But that's kind of where like my issues with modern wrestling is. Um, you know, when before I got into wrestling, I kind of seen what wrestling is now. It's just you know, there's a lot of guys out there to make a joke out of it. There's a lot of guys that shouldn't be in the wrestling business that are. There's a lot of guys that look like they should really be in the fans of the stand because that's what they look like. But me, Spencer Slade, man, I, I, I pride myself in a once-in-a-lifetime guy. You know, I look apart, I wrestle apart, and I'm believable. And that's what I, uh, and that's really what the confidence comes in, you know. All those hours in the gym, all those uh, all those hours in the ring, you know, while everybody else is partying or enjoying females or all that stuff, you know, I'm, 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 I'm grinding and chasing this dream. And that's where the real confidence comes in, right there. I think that what you just said is like for what some guys stages, you know, it's like I, I need a platform or I need this. I'm not trying to diss on any wrestler because you know that's every every Joe Schmo out there. No offense, guys, but when you say 
I'm going to please the fans. Hmm. I'm a fan and a former worker, and I've been in and out of the system here and there. When I hear guys say, oh, yes, I'm going to go out there and lay it all on the line, and then your match is complete and utter shit. Let me explain this to you. Like, what Spencer just said, that's a very rare thing nowadays because there are those that are like, well, you need more of this, you need more of this. So you take notes, come back, right. and you do everything you can, right? So Right, and that's right. right, go ahead. Yes. Oh, well, what I was about to say was some guys really tick me off because they sit there and say, you know, things on a promo, and then they go out, and then their match um, isn't bad. It's just there are things that could have been tweaked or could have been sold better or better yet. When you build yourself up and your match does not – it doesn't have to be complete complete shit, but what I mean is just observing from a fan's perspective and also a former worker's perspective. Right. If I absolutely, try to absolutely, yep, and uh, and that's what I, you know, what's that's what I, and that's what I talk about all the time too. Is uh, you know, when you watch me wrestle, you're gonna watch a believable fight because that's what I bring to the table. You know, when you uh, you're not gonna see me doing flips or anything like a stunt show or a little circus act. Uh, you definitely ain't gonna see me in a. In a, in a entertainment show or anything like that. Uh, when um, my whole goal in wrestling is, the problem is uh, there's fans out there, you know, you got your hardcore wrestling fans. They're always going to watch wrestling. Right? The AEW fans are always going to watch AEW. Same thing with NXT. But my goal is, is to go out there and get all those old fans that, that we've lost, all those old school fans that we're used to watching wrestling when it was treated real like a legitimate sport. So, if... Uh, if you can show my match to a, a, somebody that's not a wrestling fan and doesn't really watch it, or it's just maybe your casual fan, and they watch that and say, oh, you know what, that was a good wrestling match. I want to see more of that guy. And that's a win-win for me because at the end of the day, wrestling is all about drawing people, and the only way that we can get more fans is if we present a real legitimate sport rather than an, enter- rather than a, an entertainment wrestling show, if that makes sense. Yes, that makes absolute perfect sense. You know, you, you kind of your style, dude. I'm gonna throw. Uh, I know probably you're gonna be taking maybe not so much aback by this, but you said brutal wrestling style. I'm intentionally going to give you my all, and if you don't like it, you know, that's very Bruiser Brody like, and and it's, you know they yeah they talked about him. Thing if he didn't, you know, if he thought you were a piss hand, and Dutch Mantel has said this about Bruiser Brody. He said, "I never worked him. Why didn't you? Because he beat your ass." Is exactly the words out of Dutch's mouth, and I'm laughing, going, "Well, you know, it's funny because back in that time period, you know, wrestling was where kayfabe was still a word and phrase used by the workers and." Bruiser Brody was very aggressive and very like, if I like you, fine, cool, I'll work you. But if I don't like you, I'm going to embarrass the fuck out of you in you know, not so flattering way because 
certain guys even back then were just like, oh, I'm you know here because I've seen Ric Flair do it, or I saw Kerry Von Erich do it, or I saw Eddie Gilbert do it, or I saw Michael Hayes do it. I don't mind flash and pizzazz wrestlers. I don't mind uh, ground and pound, you know, submission wrestler specialists. Um, right. I do have a problem with guys who treat it like a fucking hobby because this is not a hobby, folks. Exactly. This is a career. And you treat it like if you're working at Walmart or Sam's Club or any job. This is a job to us. And exactly. you know what I mean? I'm not trying exactly. to make um, But I, I saw something on NXT that bothered the ever-living fuck out of me. When you are set on the table, right, and you see somebody do a flip off a 20-foot stage or 25-foot yep. stage, I should say, right? And she yep. gets straight up. Okay, fine. I'll just go ahead and say it, so I'm not being mysterious here. Raquel Gonzalez, very good worker, right. um, extremely successful, obviously further than myself and my guest currently on the show, which he's got a future. Definitely, folks in NXT, just look at him. Um, I'm just saying because if you take a look at Spencer's body pictures, like in the ring, out of the ring, this dude fucking works his ass off in the gym, and it shows. Okay. Right. If if I was to hit him a zillion times with a kendo stick, and Spencer gets up after I just whooped the fuck out of him, uh, we're gonna have a conversation in the back as to why he didn't fucking sell it. Exactly. Exactly. You know that's I mean? another like, issue with modern. Yep. And that's and that's another thing that because I like to any wrestling show that I'm on, you know. Obviously, you know, I consider myself to be very, 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 very great where I, where I am in my career. I mean, I've only been wrestling for, you know, a year and a half now. So, you know, it's not like I've been doing this for 10, 15 years. I've only been doing this for about a year and a half. So I like to think that I'm pretty damn good where I'm at. So what I do is I watch every single match. that Any independent show I'm on, I always watch all the matches. And I watch and see how the crowd reacts. I watch and see what the guys do, what the guys could do better, what and everything, it, it all just comes down to um, guys are no-selling everything or they're doing all these moves and kicking out left and right. And that's what makes it like a stunt show. It's not really real because if it, when is the last time that you have seen somebody sell a suplex like they broke their back? No, you don't see it anymore. And that's why people don't take wrestling seriously nowadays because modern independent wrestling, we have conditioned the fans now that you can kick out of a Canadian destroyer on the top rope. You can no sell super kicks. You can get up after a power bomb. No wonder why people know it's all uh, phony and hokey. Because if you're no selling that, then what's the next thing? Oh, I'm really gonna give you a Canadian destroyer if you come tacked in a flaming table, and you're still not gonna sell that. You know, that's just that's why I like I love to study old school wrestling. Harley Race. Uh, Jerry King Lawler, uh, Bill Dundee, 1983 Memphis Wrestling. Um, I love to watch Flair versus uh, Sting at the Clash, I think, 88 or 89. That's wrestling when I think of that stuff right there. Or anything with uh, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, stuff like that. To me, that's wrestling. Or stuff with uh, tag teams like the Legion of Doom or the Road Warriors, yep. I should say. Yep. You know, guys. Did you see the Road Warriors doing that? Did you see the. Did you ever see the Road Warriors doing that shit back then? Hell no. And that's another thing, too, about independent wrestling, too. 
this is my last point, and I'll let you talk because I know I'm <laughs> I know I'm getting out of tantrum here. But uh, <laughs> you look at you look at all these guys in the Indies, even NXT. Why is it that all the guys who do the dives or have to do all these big moves, they're the guys that don't have any physiques or don't look like they can whip somebody's ass, and that's because they have to do all this extra stuff and virtually kill themselves just to get you, the viewer, to think that they uh, are a badass. Whereas me, I know I'm a badass. I know I can whip all these guys. That's why I don't have to do much because I don't need to do much. And right there, that's just a difference in wrestling nowadays. And that's why all the hardcore independent marks boo me because they don't like the fact that I can that I can um, do all these less less moves and make it look cool and all their little Indian players do the Canadian destroyers and the flips off the top rope. I don't have to do that, but they have to. So. That's why I love that. Uh, that's why I get beat all the time, and I love it because it's real heat. It's not something you can fake. I also think, my friend, and I don't mean to sound political here in the wrestling scene, but like certain promoters, and, I, and people say that they don't have favorites. Yes, they fucking do. Yes, they do. Yep, they do. Okay. They do. Yep. The, the secret yep. of pro wrestling, folks, exposed is that when you go to the back of the locker room, and especially the indie scene, if the promoter is working, most likely he's going over. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. And two, like, what's irritating is you could have the best moves and stuff, and you could suggest shit all you want, all day long. And we're not trying to sound like whiny bitches here. We're just, from a worker's perspective, you know, fans, I love you to death, and thank you for messaging me on Instagram. Please really slow it down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, um, I think like one of the biggest things in pro wrestling is to entertain the crowd. And what some promoters on the indies forget is that, yes, you know what pops your crowd, but change it up. And fans are like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Then they're like, oh, we shouldn't do it because it didn't get a pop like we wanted. Like, dude, if you don't right. leave the crowd into your shit, right. no offense, but right. my God, man. Like, I've been through this before with certain people. I'm like, I'm not going to say shit because it's not my show. It's not my promotion. So I don't have any business telling the promoter what a shit-ass fucking fake-ass promotion they have. But I'm going to sit here and tell you, if you think that we as fans don't pay attention, think again. If you think workers don't pay attention to how you run your shit, think again. Because you can't you can't keep bringing in guys that are eye candy to women and, you know, you, you set them up to lose. Like, why? Why have they got to right. look to them? Right. And this is my question to certain promoters. Like, why if the guys have a look to them and they can wrestle, would you not push them to the front of the line? I hear you. And that's kind of something that uh, was going on here at IWC here. Uh, well, obviously, I'm the top heel. I'm the top heel right now for the company. But that wasn't necessarily the case when I first started out. Um that's because, uh, you know, I, I'm 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 a very honest person, but uh, the promoter, you know, he's more, but he likes the guys who, who the fans like the most, and uh, he, you know, guys, obviously, if you were trying to take wrestling seriously, obviously, they wouldn't be the kind of guy that you would think, oh my God, I can't believe he's a champion of the company. Why isn't Spencer Slade not? You know, that stuff can get a little bit uh, frustrating, but you know, the, the point I'm trying to make here is. The champion of the company should be the guy who, once again, somebody that knows nothing about wrestling, when they see that guy's champion, oh, you know what? He's a champion because he looks like one. And that's what 
And that's why people, you know, for instance, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan wasn't the best in-ring wrestler, but why was he the champion? Because he looked like one. So that's kind of where I, uh, I, I obviously, I think I should be a champion everywhere I go because I legitimately am, am have one of the best bodies. I legitimately am a badass. But once again, it's a promoter's wrestling company. He can do whatever he wants with it. Um, and that's perfectly fine. Like I said, you know, uh, I obviously am, I'm an independent wrestler. I, uh, if if, if uh, I'm going to, if a promoter wants me to come in, great. But uh, one thing that I won't, will not do is I will not make a joke out of wrestling, and I will not treat it uh, like a like a uh, uh, like it's a joke. Um, but like again, you know, promoter once again, it's a promoter's company. He can do whatever the heck he wants to do with it. But uh, that don't mean I got to be associated with it. Just being respectful. Yeah, it's uh, it's like you said, you know, wrestling's not a joke to a lot of us, guys. This is just, and this is the thing, guys. I'm not trying to make this a, a bitch fest and stuff, so we're going to sidetrack just for a second here. Like, if you had to choose anyone past or present to work in the ring with, and I'm going to list off some names here that I think would fit perfectly with you or not. So I'm going to pick the names Bruiser Brody. Let's see here. George the Animal Steel, Andre the Giant, John Studd, Yokozuna. Who else I can think of and jag up here? Oh, yes, Balls Mahoney. Uh, Sandman <laughs> in his prime. Obviously not now. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Undertaker. Sting. Out of all... Let's see here. Let me, let me, let me dig up somebody here in my head. Hmm. Stan Hansen. Harley Race, and oh yes, if I had to pick one more person, Vader. Out of all those dudes that I just listed, who would you, oh wait, I forgot to see you. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin, Kurt Angle, Charlie Haas, Jason Jordan, Chad Gable. Oh man, I oh, think, Yeah, I, I laid the down on my show, man. I have no filters. I, You can say whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. But, like, the the gauntlet has been laid down, Mr. Slade. So I hear you. I just, uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know me, man. I got to carry myself like a professional, like a superstar, and uh, I got to represent the Spencer Slade brand. So uh, uh, you say whatever you want. I will say pretty much push the limits and say what I think I can say without being, uh, Obviously, without, you know, being too, too, uh, not Spencer Slade, that makes sense. But, uh, you, uh, that was a great list you put up there. I'm going to obviously put Kurt Angle. He's the, uh, when people ask me a dream match or a match that, uh, sometimes I wish, man, I wish it was four twenty years ago. <laughs> but, uh, Kurt Angle is the guy that I would, um, I would love, that, that right there would have been, uh, I would be a kid in candy store if I got to wrestle Kurt Angle because that guy is the reason why I became a wrestler and he is the reason that I started watching wrestling. Um, WrestleMania 19, 2003, Brock Lesnar versus uh, Kurt Angle for the title at uh, the Mariners Stadium out there in Seattle. That was uh, the first wrestling match I ever watched. I think I was eight or nine years old at the time and I was hooked ever since. And, uh, it was Kurt Angle versus Brock Lesnar, two badass guys that looked like wrestlers, that looked like they could whip somebody's ass. Nothing in that match that was fake or hokey or anything. And that, to me, not 
that's 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 what wrestling means. If somebody asks me what is pro wrestling, right there, Kurt Angle, Black Lesnar. I believe like when you know it's bold because a lot of the fans don't like uh Lesnar, but here let me <laughs> I, I laugh because it's like, okay, from a worker's perspective, you want a true definition of right. heel. Okay, right. you got right. a choice between, at the time, you had a choice between Lesnar, Luther Reigns, JBL, and God knows who else was, okay, Kane. But right. honestly, so, oh, and Jericho, for that matter, but he was preoccupied with Shawn Michaels at the time. So... Right. In that time period, folks, Lesnar actually did, and this is nothing against Brock, but the reason why his attendance was so high is because the money is right, and, and this is, you know, not to sound like a complete jackass, but let's not sugarcoat shit on my right. show. If uh, <laughs> Lesnar, if the money was right for not just Lesnar or you or myself, then we're, why should we work the show? Right. You know what I mean? It sounds right. selfish, but if you're if you're getting out there, especially in a globally, a publicly traded company known as WWE, who's been around since Vince's fa- uh, great grandfather in the 20s, okay, it's it's literally not rocket science to figure out who your heel is in this one. Lesnar, in my opinion, as a you know, if I'm looking at this from a worker's perspective, Lesnar could tween. Because he was cheered at one point, he was booed at one point. Who the fuck cares? He's given us all, you know, an effort, right, or lack thereof in his current status. But who the fuck cares? He's working a match. He's doing what he's told. Right. And that's, uh, and that's Whether you know, uh, Brock Lesnar, you know, he, uh, obviously there's, there's one man in this world that can, uh, Convince Vince McMahon pay him more for less matches. That's Brock Lesnar because, you know, uh, quite frankly, he's pretty much the only guy in the world that can legitimately do that because once again, he is the absolute best at what he does. He is, he is, he's he's the beast, badass for a reason. I mean, UFC, I mean, you name it. When you think of, uh, once again, somebody that could whip somebody's ass is Brock Lesnar. You know, he, uh, People, people always give him stuff about not having to show up and all that stuff. Well, I mean, it, 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 he's kind of he's kind of earned that. You know, he's kind of, I mean, with somebody, as you say, go to Brock Lesnar's face and complain about it, I don't think that'd be a smart move. But once again, goes back to the promoter. You know, it's uh, it's Vince McMahon's company. You know, he's the one that signs off on Brock Lesnar's checks. You know, he's the, uh, he's the guy, he's the guy that Brock Lesnar convinced to once again pay him all this money for uh, for uh, for not as much uh, dates as uh, you know, someone like a Rollins who's a champion. But then again, you know, it's all about getting what you want in life. So, Brock Lesnar got it. So, and not just Lesnar, but like there are you know bad guys that like people's idea ideology about like you know bitching about the hurt business. I'm like again, yeah, our options are limited because of COVID right now. Unfortunately, the roster that they have been afforded to guys is not just WWE, but like AEW has done a fine job of exploring options, you know, especially bringing back Sting, which was a genius move because 
his name's right. going to draw. But I've said to right. people in like like discussions, I said he's going to end up being a heel. Why? Because there'll be the smarts that sit there on their keyboard, you know, being keyboard warriors, right. <laughs> that'll say, "Oh, he's not barely fuck worth the match. Why bring him back if he's not going to fucking work a match?" Hey, genius or geniuses, he's 61 years old. Do you think, honestly, for a 61-year-old, it'd be wise to work Sting every single week in AEW on Wednesdays? Right. That's the thing. It's like, you know, with, uh, with, uh, with Sting, once again, I'm pretty sure Sting's back with uh, AEW pretty much for the money, you know? You got a rich, uh, rich, rich, rich guy, Tony Khan, once again, offering... Offering a large sum of money to Sting to come back. Why not? You know, if you're in the same position, why not come back? Get the money. But, uh, yeah, I probably got another, I, I got I to get out of here probably in about five minutes. So if there's any other last uh, questions or anything else, the most important thing I want to talk about, I'd love to talk about it now, but I have to catch up short. Okay, um, real quick, not to go on a, t- um, let's see here. What's the weirdest thing? A fan has ever requested from you, and did it make you go, "What the fuck?" Or did you just say, "Okay, I guess I'm in this business that's kind of awkward anyway." You so said, like, oh, that you fan. said, "Okay, you said that." What's I the most awkward thing that a fan has okay, ever no. requested of you? Oh my gosh! Whew. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I um. Oh. I had a fan. I had a fan request. Uh, um, let's see here. I had a fan request that I at a show that I signed her bra. That's probably the closest thing I can say without without going. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> trust me, I've gotten. Trust me, I've gotten a ton of weird stuff. It's well beyond that, but that's probably my best answer. All right, cool, man. Real real quick, before you go, uh, can you plug your social media, like your Twitter, your Facebook, and your Instagram for the fans out there? Uh, absolutely. To all those uh, all those fans out there, yeah, like, I, like, I, like I, uh, I always say to all the fans, you, know, you guys are you guys are what make us fans. We need the fans for everything to work. So if you guys want to follow my journey to the big stage, I'm more than more than happy to have you follow me. I, I like to put content out at least every other day because I like to stay busy and get that name out there. You can follow me on Facebook, Spencer Slade. You can follow me on Twitter at Slade Wrestler, and you can follow me on Instagram at Slade Wrestling. Once again, I post all kind of stuff all the time. Um, you ever want to reach out to me? DM me through one of those three uh, three things, but um, once you guys know that 2021 is going to be my year, and I'm going to say it on the, I'm going to say it right here on the record that this year is the year that I'm getting signed. So don't be surprised when uh, when the announcement comes out, but this is my year. Confidence, man, I, it's confidence is through the roof. I can't even begin to tell you how confident I am. So uh, that's where you guys can find me. All right, Mr. Slay, that was great. Um, those can catch him, as you just said, on our social media handles. If you miss that, you can re-listen to my show. It is in two hours. Anyways, after recordings, 
thank you, Spencer, for being on Russell Radio Network. I hope to have you on my show as, you know, the guest is a famous dude, as you already are famous, so why even say Absolutely, man. I appreciate you, uh, I appreciate you having me on the show, and I uh, and I look forward to coming back on your show sometime in the future when uh when I'm somewhere else and I'm on TV and in uh in uh in a little bit of a bigger name. So uh, in the meantime, uh, I'd love you to uh, just stay in contact and uh, if you guys ever need anything, feel free to hesitate on uh, uh don't uh, feel free to reach out on any uh, social media platform. So thank you again. I appreciate it. You have a good night. All right, thank you, sir. All right, so that was uh, Spencer Slate on Russell Radio Network. We thank you for him being on the show. We've got much to discuss here with an hour and 19 minutes left on the show. Spencer, thank you once again. So I'm going to look up WWE Live results because this should be fairly interesting, folks. A show without the champion. I'm sure that they can manage because this is WWE. It's a professional company. And also... I know I did cover AEW results, didn't I? So, <laughs> I could watch it live. Yes, that's true. But, see, it's better if I'm from the comfort of my home and I don't have to get out from under the covers because it's fucking cold out here, you know? And the East Coast, it's like, because we have high rises, so like the wind and shit convening through the suburbs. In other words, folks, it's anyhow. Live recap grades addresses COVID-19 diagnosis. So, wait, wait, wait. So he's been placed in quarantine. So he's scheduled to face Randy Orton. Um, instead, Champion will be forced to address the WWE Universe about COVID-19. So Triple H kicks off the show. Wow. Um, that's interesting. So uh, um, let's see McIntyre joins the show. Triple H kicks it off. The Hurt Business, so Bobby Lashley, looks like Ric Flair, and Charlotte Flair. I'm seeing highlights just right now. Ooh, that looks really bad. Eyes Wide Shut's T-Bar. So, Donovan Dijakovic. i sorry. I, I tend to see highlights, folks, and I'm just trying to read. I know I shouldn't have done the show two hours before Raw, but I do have work in the morning, and I do have it eight days in a row. But that's aside from the point. So McIntyre tested positive for COVID-19. It makes you, makes all of us really, as a general viewing public, like, even if you don't believe, and if you have conspiracies, wear a fucking mask. That's all I'm going to say on that. And hopefully McIntyre recovers. And what is this? So they talk about the Royal Rumble match. It looks like um, AJ Styles and Adam Pearce. I don't know what the main event is scheduled to be. Let's see here. Live results in a viewing party. I don't need the viewing party, but thank you, Wrestling Inc. So, the two things you need to know. Raw opens with a video package showing Randy Orton's interactions with some of the Hall of Famers and Legends. So then, Triple H comes out to a big pop. Fans chant Triple H. So the virtual crowd chants Triple H. Alright, cool. And he welcomes everyone to Monday Night Raw. Orton says the office decided to show up because WWE McIntyre shouldn't be there. Force fans boo. And then Orton says, since Triple H got all prettied up and flew down here, he figures Triple H is going to make an official ruling. So he's going to announce Orton as number 30 in the Rumble. Fuck me. I hope not. <laughs> not enough. Some people in 30 have won. 
But now, uh, let's see, Triple H asked if this is what's come between them. Now, cheap threats and flexing. Honestly, I think The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, because they're between them and the WWE title. Okay. Shawn Michaels, Mark Henry, Ric Flair, Triple H says Orton when did that. It took the pride away and makes him look at Orton differently. All right. So, in other words, we started off with one big promo with Triple H and Orton. I'm okay with that. Okay, the announcers point out the challenge is not accepted. Okay, so they tease the stuff between Hunter and Orton. So it looks like Hunter's getting back in the ring, folks. If you haven't seen his Twitter, it may or may not be true, but, you know, fucking who who knows what the WWE is up to. So Charlotte Flair, when Lacey Evans flirted with the Nature Boy, okay. And then Rick Tripp Charlotte leading the loss. Charlotte versus Lacey. Um, I guess. So, Charlotte looks confused. Who but Lacey Evans? Okay, are you guys really getting Rick involved as a heel to manage Lacey Evans and whomever her tag team partner? Come on, guys. Elias versus Jeff Hardy. Dear Lord. Keith Lee, okay, she got, he got interviewed by Kayla Braxton, and then Sheamus interrupts and says, Lee earned Drew's respect last week, and Drew respects him, so it's Sheamus. Jeff Hardy versus Jackson Riker. Okay, this should be interesting. Okay, so out comes Elias with Jackson Riker, so I'm guessing Elias interferes. Uh, Jackson Riker, yep. The referee's position made it to where he did not see Riker using the tights for leverage. So, in other words, he rolled him up and pulled his tights. So, that was to be expected, right? So, Jackson Riker beats Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy versus Elias. Goodness sakes, dude. <laughs> Jeff Hardy wins that one. So, <laughs> it just seems like they were scrambling because of the whole, I don't think McIntyre's absence affected him. Yes, it did. Kind of did, maybe not really. Yes, it did. It sounds psychotic. Sheamus and Keith Lee versus The Miz and John. And wow, this is an odd pairing, if to say the least. They did have mutual respect in the back. Oh, is it still going? Is this is this it? So it's commercial break with 14 minutes left to go. Fuck sakes. I can already tell you something's going to happen between Sheamus and Keith Lee, and there's going to be a fight that breaks out, and then there's going to be a qualifying match for the Rumble. Or or it's the battle of positions who gets the higher or lower number. Just guessing, folks, because you know how WWE operates somewhat sometimes. It's just big one big fucking question mark, and the question mark isn't as potent as AEW's question mark. And what do I mean by that? AEW's question mark has us fucking guessing, right? But their question mark is potent because why? Even though it's a clusterfuck sometimes over there, and I mean that in the most sincerest of ways, it's still effective because it gets fans to fucking talk about what it is they're trying to convey to us. And it gives us a form of suspense, which hasn't been done in pro wrestling in quite a while. WWE, their question marks are hit and miss. Like, okay, so this is the angle we're going with. Okay, 
this is what we're supposed to be watching. Are you turning Rick heel by accident? Because now he flubbed up the spot with, you know, he's supposed to grab Lacey Evans' leg, but he grabbed Charlotte's leg. Okay, this is that part is a bit confusing to me because, well, actually, no, it's not. <laughs> because Rick, Rick Flair has been known to be the bad guy. He's been known to be the man, the nature boy, Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game. Woo! His role in wrestling really should just be to relax, but the nature boy relaxing, that's not going to happen. He's the man. 16-time world champion. I mean, he's managing his daughter, and I don't know what angle they're going with, but this is kind of funny because father turns on daughter. Wow, Rick. Come on, man. So Jeff Hardy wins one match but loses the other one. So he puts Riker over. I don't really care who goes over as long as we get a fucking show. Let me reread this. So... (laughs) Jackson Riker. So they finally individualized him? No, they put him with Elias. I guess Elias is his mentor type thing. I'm not sure. But it says... um, We go back to the ring. Jeff Hardy's wrapping up his entrance in the match with Elias. Elias with Jackson Riker. Elias is carrying out his guitar, wearing a cast on his thumb. Oh, I think the cast. I don't know if the cast is the gimmick or not, folks. The dude might be wrestling. No, no, you know what? Elias announces that Hardy will be wrestling Riker instead. Riker takes the mic and says he will do whatever it takes to prove his allegiance to Elias. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. So they dropped the Forgotten Sons entirely because it wasn't successful in NXT, so why should they do it on the main stage, right? They put him with Elias, did they? I think if you expand the group, it might be more of a success. Not if you keep the same fuckers, you know, you had in NXT... I mean, I don't want to sound rude or anything, but, you know, Steve Cutler was one dude that was stuck in, not stuck in NXT. He was in the first forefront of NXT when it first started. So he's the original Monster Factory graduate that before Matt Riddle came, he was already establishing that he had, you know, military obligations. Anyways, I digress. So going to really bother me in some aspects with WWE and here's why you have a muscle powerhouse who's kind of reminiscent of Batista so you're just getting a feel for the guy you don't want to overflow him to the crowd you don't want to make him too big but what you do want to give him is exposure so you put him over Jeff Hardy that's perfect um hmm and match with Elias so we're we're Filling time because originally it was supposed to be Keith Lee versus McIntyre, so they turned that booking into a tag match. That's completely fine. But I do want to point out, folks, WWE Raw is a hit and miss. It's not all uh, glam and glitz and what it used to be with the Attitude Era and the Rock and Roll Era beforehand in 1994 with all the 
new happenings and whatnot when WCW even wasn't a thing until 1996 when Hogan shocked the entire wrestling world and, and basically essentially started the Monday Night Wars, not just him and Savage or Flair or Piper or various random other folks that came from WWE and joined WCW's rankings. But discuss um, AEW's results from last week because I figured that would be the biggest thing for me to discuss outside of the fact that um, let's see here AEW Dynamite results. I read them last week in my show on Wednesday and I plan on doing more shows even though I'm literally going to start living in you know in the place of work for the temporary time being. Anyhow, AEW results not on twelve thirty. No sir. So not November twenty fifth. I think it was twelve thirty was the last show that they had because actually no, that's a lie. Let me look at the calendar. I believe their last show was the sixth. So not the thirtieth, sir. That was I was gonna say. There we go. So the results on AEW show on um, January 6th where uh, Jim Ross and Tony Giovanni and Excalibur were broadcasting. I know that. So start kicking things off with a match of the AEW World Tag Team Champions. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson and SCU, Fallen Angel and Christopher Daniels, and Frankie Kazarian versus the Hybrid 2, Angelico and Jack Evans. The acclaimed, the five-tool player, Anthony Bowens, and Platinum Matt. That's way too many people. It's a high-end match. I get it. But my God, man, you got that many people in the ring at the same time? I mean, I have ADHD as much as the next fucker, but Jesus Christ. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means, said Jim Ross, welcoming viewers the very first Dynamite of 2021. The Bucks and SU were in t-shirts that had the phrase, you rap, your rap is crap. Oh, that's genius. It says, the match broke down in a Pier 6 brawl. Oh, you used JR's phrase, but you... Mm. In a Pier 6 brawl right from the get-go, the Bucks took down Jack, or Jack Evans, Nick Jackson, and his Escalera, and took out his opposition on the outside. So I'm not going to read it like that because that's absolutely fucking boring. Hey, I had to wake my hand up from that description because Jack Evans is really underrated, said Tony Schiavone. So every description has to be dramatic, right? With Tony Schiavone. It was in WCW, and it was a genius, and it was Sting. Evans smashed Daniels, Kazarian, and German suplex. Evans dropped Kazarian with a kick. Okay, let's get to the main thing. So who won the match? Post-match, SCU told the Bucks that they had their backs anytime they needed it. So a little drama, a little intrigue. That's wrestling for you, folks. The return of Mr. John Moxley. So, okay, you may expect me to come out here cussing up a storm, screaming bloody murder about the events that transpired in the but where I come from, complaining doesn't matter. Sometimes all you can do is take it on the chin, stare down that adversity, and you don't back down an inch. So, no, I ain't going anywhere. 
what, what to do with Kenny Omega and that guy. He's hanging around there. He looks like a used car salesman. I have zero tolerance for shitty people. But tonight, the AEW champion is online, and I gave my heart and soul to protect the integrity of that belt. Ray Phoenix has a chance to the belt tonight, and he worked 13 years for this opportunity. Can you just remember, I will get even, then then some. When I do something, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. When I make a commitment, I see it through. No matter how long it takes, I will forever be in your blind spot, Kenny. I'm the boogeyman. I promise you, one day, you're going to look in the eyes of the devil. You're going to beg for mercy when you realize you crossed the wrong guy. Wow, that felt cool reading it in that voice. But... Daisha interviewed Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor backstage. Okay. I've got to skip ahead before I go off tangent on Orange Cassidy because I know there's a lot of fans who like him make fun of the fact that he wrestles with his hands in his fucking pockets. He's interrupted by the best man, Miro, Penelope Ford, and Kip Sabian. Thank God. After I beat your ass on Dynamite, how about you come, my young boy, until the wedding? Asked Miro. So Jake Hager in a circle versus the War Dog, Wardlow. Warlow can be a franchise player. Look at him. Warlow, said Shim Ross. Uh, okay. Who won this match? I forget. I think it was... Okay, so it had to be... So they fist bumps one another. Okay, that, that's interesting. That Hardy was backstage with a private party. Snoop Dogg showed up with the juice, so private party could have their... Gin and juice. That's funny. Matt Hardy had contracts for private party assigned and said he was going to bring out their full potential. Ahead of next one, okay. TNT champion Darby Allen and Team Taz is the machine brand cage. So, wait, wait. They have a team, a tag team tournament? Or a team? Okay, this is confusing. Darby Allen and Skateboard is brand new TNT championship belt with him. Tony Giovanni was in the ring to facilitate the wave. They're weighing in? Wait a minute. They have a weigh-in on AEW for what? So the TNT Championship is kind of like the Cruiserweight Championship and how that gimmick was. Okay. Um, It says, Mason, she nine months. Taz ordered finally. I began showing Jacksonville and Sting walked out and ring having Darby's back. Team Taz retreated. I'm telling you, Darby Allen, as God is my witness, we are crowning Brian Cage next week as the new TNT champion. Um, I can see it, but I also think that it, Taz was put with Cage uh, to enhance the personality. I mean, Cage does have personality. I just, I question this. I just. Mm. Alex Marvers interviewed the inter- or Jurassic Park Express backstage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he said that he would take Luchasaurus' place. And that was followed by the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes Snoop Dogg versus Matt Seidel. Okay. You guys want to know my thoughts on Snoop Dogg being involved in pro wrestling? Um, it's not... not that I dislike some of Snoop's music. It's the fact that 
this man really don't have a place in wrestling, and it's the honest to God truth, unless he's performing. As a performer, not as a wrestler. There's a difference. I said this last week on the show. Certain celebrities can actually be in the ring, make them, you know, make themselves look good and just have fun. But that to them, it's more or less, I wanted to do this since I was a kid type thing. No, to them it's just like I'm in the ring to make good publicity because if I'm involved in pro wrestling, I get a lot more tweets, I get a lot more shout-outs on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook for that matter. Is it a crime that he was in the ring? No. But for Snoop, for someone like Snoop Dogg, the equivalent thereof to be in a wrestling ring, to me, uh, that just screams the word or the phrase, what in the actual fuck? They're like, oh, man, that Snoop Dogg is so cool. Look, yo, I have mad respect for guys that have been in the industry for longer than 30 years and Snoop been around since the mid-'80s. Made, you know, he made his mark in the rap industry fairly obvious, right? But like I said, he's a bandwagoning fuck. And he can do that because he's Snoop. He's got enough money and enough investment. So can you fault the guy in that area? No. Can you fault him for trying to get involved in the ring again? Yes. I do not want to see Snoop Dogg get involved in a wrestling ring. Some people may feel the same way I do. Some people may not. And that's just the joy of, you know, the world of professional wrestling and our lovely opinion. As far as, you know, the slow goes for AEW, I, like I said earlier to Spencer, I don't think Sting is going to wrestle until something major when he does has to do the minimum amount of work. And not just the minimum. I mean, this dude can fucking still move. He can do, still do the Stinger Splash, still do the Scorpion Deathlock. There's a lot of shit that Sting could do that most 61-year-olds in the world of wrestling could not do. Would I like to see a cinematic match between him and The Undertaker? Sure. But we all knew that wasn't going to happen because The Undertaker normally got to handpick who he wanted to work. And I don't know what he would have said personally, like, oh, man, I would have loved to wrestle Sting because I think Stone Cold asked him that question on Broken Skulls, the podcast on WWE Network. Anyways, back to AEW and their conundrums. You didn't see a women's division match for a reason because they had to follow the story, but Hager fist bumping somebody outside of Inner Circle? So you trying to tell me the Inner Circle is on its way out? That would be dumb. It's one of the few... Uh, inner circles, quote-unquote, that I actually can compare to, you know, Raven's Flock or better yet, you know, like a mix of the NWO, a modern-day NWO, because Jericho, to me, in my opinion, his promo skills are far better than Hogan's, obviously. But when he picks up a microphone, people pay attention. It's the reason he builds you up if you're the face he Tears you down just a slight bit if you're the baby face. He works as a perfect fucking heel. And 
to me and my outward overly opinion about what AEW has done so far, you know, versus when they first started out, there's at least consistent stories now for the fans to follow. Before, actually, kind of, sort of, depending on what they're trying to aim at. The reason why I just flip-flopped that is because, you know, I'm going to have my opinions. I'm going, like everyone else who believes in their shit. Okay? I have mine, you have yours. So, to further that, sir, we are not discussing political bullshit on my show. I've told people this before, that this is strictly a wrestling podcast to discuss wrestling. Angel Fishes. When I read AEW's results the first time, I know it's like, well, why doesn't he just read the results so we know what happened? You know what happened, some of you. It's a clusterfuck of a show, but it's so intriguing not, you know, to miss it. It's like back in the day when Seinfeld aired. There's some episodes that you really wanted to see, and there's some episodes that you're just like, this show isn't funny. Namely in the last season. What AEW does, I don't think worries WWE at all. Because this is a competition. You know, it's... It is what it is. We know ever since John Hubert passed away, it may or may not have given the common ground as to why... We watch this. It's because we want to see people entertain us. We want to see people giving us a show instead of uh, almost 20 minutes of promo. Unless it has a fitting spot involved in the show. And the fact that Triple H came out and got an instant pop doesn't surprise me. That's pretty cool. Keith Lee and Sheamus uh, could have seen that coming because McIntyre was not there, so Sheamus took the reins. He was a good leader. And um, I believe the results to WWE Raw are on right now. So I'm going to try and see who won the last match. I'm sorry, I'm stuck on AEW stuff. Um, oh, yes. I don't know. How far? Oh, yes. Yes, I do know how far I am because I have time marked on here. The next portion of this show, folks, might be the longest rant and rave you hear about professional wrestling, or it might actually be some actual helpful insight to how it can improve, doesn't need to improve, or what I like and dislike. Keep it simple, stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, the following content contains explicit adult language and appropriate for minors under the age of 18. If you have a child under the age of 18 and they listen to this show, there's something seriously fucking wrong with you. Anyways, folks, 
Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast that was coined in phrase the phrase that was coined entitled Off the Rails Uncensored. Any further usage of the title Off the Rails Uncensored or Off the Rails or Uncensored and your phrased podcast. You will be fined forty five dollars. And most of that profit will go to moi. Anyways, long story short, before I begin, if you want to join a world-class wrestling school, world-famous, by the way, monsterfactory.org. That's monsterfactory.org. Do not email the office, okay? If you have any questions, the number is located directly on the website at www.monsterfactory.org. Scroll down. Invest in yourself today. Invest in yourself if you want to become a pro wrestler, announcer, ring announcer, bell keep, whatever you want to become, manager, worker, obviously. Any of those things, man. Danny Cage is an excellent trainer, head coach, and owner of the world-famous Monster Factory. Do not email the office. I repeat, do not email the office. There's also information on Twitter, and they also have a mini docu-series on the Fight Network. Show the documentary of some of the awesome students at that world-famous Monster Factory. Do you know why? you know why? Because there have been people that come from Monster Factory got signed, not real anyone. Seamus, back in the day, the Godfather, Mosh and Thrasher, the Headbangers, for those who don't know, they were a very cool tag team. Okay? Anyhow, folks, Buckle up, you awesome, awesome people, because you're about to jump inside my head, and you're about to hear what I feel about how pro wrestling started off in 2021. Monkeys in the truck, please hit my music. way, if you light Alexa Bliss on fire, would you have gained ratings, or would you not have gained ratings? It's kind of a question that's been up in the fucking air. Two, if you do not light it on fire, like Randy did, it's a teaser, but certain fans won't see it that way, because they're like, oh, you could have capitalized on ratings and lit her ass on fire. Do you know how much hairspray Alexa puts on her head? I'm pretty sure she wouldn't give two flying fucks if, you know, she had something on that was flame retardant and also something, you know, it'd be cool if she, he tried to light her on fire. 
and dim light. That'd be a mind fuck right there. Or you could have just lit her on fire and have the crew put her out. Like, there should have been guys on standby willing to put her out with a fire extinguisher. And they're like, that's sick. Why would you do that to an individual? Number one, ratings. You want shock value in some instances now because USA had requested that you do something different and you do more of an adult angle. What better way to fucking do that than to tease, right? To, to tease the entire audience. I guess in some ways, actually, no, I'm pretty sure, like I said earlier to Spencer, I don't sugarcoat my stuff. And then I mean that in the most honest and sincere way. I can see it as a teaser, but more or less, folks, you should have just lit her on fire and had a crew put her out with fire extinguishers. And now all that did, well, all Randy Orton did was basically state, okay, you know, I'm just doing what I'm told, and that's smart. It'll be groundbreaking. Would it be negative? Sure. We get a lot of complaints into the USA Network about it being a family-friendly thing, or so you thought. That's what I'm saying, folks. I'm glad that professional wrestling is trying, and I'm, I'm happy and ecstatic that Certain people and paying attention to what makes the crowd pop, what makes it not pop. And if I'm being specific, the Hurt Business needs to amp up and just take advantage of what's going on in the news that day. Turn it into your own. Use your gimmick if you have to. If you want, actually, use your gimmick to make it fucking work. There's a definite divide right now of which wrestling group we should watch. Which is dumb because, you know, some people go, it's not just wrestling, it's pure. When you say pure, make sure you go all the way through it. Okay. I have 45 minutes left, and I'm not going to not pass up this opportunity to express my my concerns, my likes, and my dislikes. So, concerns, let's get this started, shall we? Um, if you know sell something, and I'm pretty sure this was not Raquel's intent, but when Rhea Ripley basically flipped onto you and crunched not one, but two ladders. You still couldn't sell. You could not get up and sell. Or not not get up. Sorry, let me rephrase that. If someone hits you hard, you know, suplex on the steel steps, and you get up at six, that's telling me you're disrespectful. Like I said, I've never met you in person. I don't know what it's like to work with you in the PC, but... If you know sold one of my moves, we'd be having a chat in the back. Like, why didn't you sell this? Where was your... What was your point of attack? We all know that they're both powerhouses, but for fuck's sake, 
the one individual that needed the most work out of the whole May Young Classic was Raquel Gonzalez. She comes off to me as a female Sam Hansen. She's a great talent. She's just not working. And not just Raquel Gonzalez. My concern with AEW is the fact that you really want Cena to come back as a hero. You got to put him against somebody, even if you run the risk of the crowd not adapting to said villain. Anyways, folks, the other half of my rant includes this. If you have three-hour programming that's not succeeding in any way, shape, or form, try something different. Like not going, you know, and they have to pay the commercial. They have to pay the company who's doing the commercial, and this is what irritates me. Commercials during a match. I get it. You want the sponsor to have money. You want us to have sponsors. Okay, cool, whatever. I mean, look at my schedule, and... I look at what's going on TV-wise and just like, man. If they put WWE on the schedule from a time slot from 7 p.m. Eastern, 8, or 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern time, you know how hard it is to gain people? You put Orton in there and you put Triple H out there. I guess you have a successful combo. I know tonight's show was probably not the easiest without you guys as champion, but I just want to take the time out to say, yeah, I'm a critical asshole at certain points, but at certain points it does prove useful to listen to said criticisms and turn them into something cool. Proves useful. If you do listen to the fans, we'll want to tune in every single week. Even if, you know, we can't make it to shows and we can't be there physically, I just want to say thank you guys. Even though there are certain things that we as fans disagree with, we really love you guys. And I just want to point out, without you guys, we wouldn't have anything to bitch about. So I know that I'm overtly critical about a lot of shit, and I don't change my stances on several opinions. It's just who I am as a fan. I want you guys to do good. I want not just one company and makes me sound like I'm one-sided and that I only cheer for one company and it makes me look one-dimensional. But I do want to fucking point this shit out. What WWE is doing was better than what they were doing in 2020. And that's saying something because my friend in Columbia will say they're too predictable. I used to turn them on and watch and then proceed to watch them, which is funny. But what he's getting at, it was, you know, Anna, Rusev, and Lashley. was very, It was very much so a joke. So you bring in MVP, put all these guys over, and start a group. Are they like Nation of Domination? No. Are they very similar to other groups that came across out in the uh, 70s and 80s? Not quite. So... I just want to point this out. Yes, the current state of professional wrestling is 
and will always be different because we're stuck in an era where people don't fucking listen and there's a constant divide politically or religious speaking. What's new, pussycats? La, la, la. Because of you fucks, we can't go to wrestling shows. Because of you fucks, some of you, we can't enjoy discussing things in public anymore. As far as pro wrestling goes, so that's you know that's what I'm getting at. If people would have listened, there could have been a huge attendance at Royal Rumble. There could have been a huge attendance at WrestleMania. There could have been an even bigger attendance for AEW. And they're doing both companies are doing just fine. Ring of Honor is doing just fine. Thing that you gotta understand during a depression or a severe well, you know, the second coming of the Black Plague folks or what you call how do I put this it's almost a carny like where workers are doing the best they can to entertain the masses, even though we're hurting, we're broke as fuck. We're trying to keep our heads above water financially, but you know the one thing that's constant in this world? Professional wrestling. And right now, we need you guys more than ever. And some fans are like, well, I interrupt. I'm like, no, you guys are missing the point. When there's a show that comes to an arena someday when we get out of this fucking funk, I believe you're going to see nothing but sold-out arenas. The independents will be happy again. I mean, there's there's a lot of independent work that in wrestling-wise is functional. And like I said earlier with Spencer, some promoters like to play fucking favorites, and they're like, well, I I don't care. I have no qualms about saying it because it's the honest to God fucking truth. And if there's one of them that works a show, and I'm repeating this for a guy who didn't listen. This is not about religion. This is not about politics. So I'm just going to go over professional wrestling. If you want to call in, be my guest. Wrestle underscore radio. Wrestle radio forward slash Facebook dot com. And plain old black shirt. Just reading this kind of hurts me, irks me just a tad bit. But anyways. Anyways, folks, I'm so glad. So, so glad that wrestling is giving us something to cheer about, jeer about, discuss the next day. Whether it be shit or not, you know what I mean? In the middle of a fucking recession. And I think the product has gotten a lot better. Just need some tweaking here and there. By tweaking, I mean, come up with different style matches in McIntyre. Obviously, not there and I did help that a lot. Because we might have a new WWE champion. Or they're not going to vacate the title. They're just going to allow Drew to heal, which is smart. All right, folks. I'm going to get your thoughts. What would you like to see in WWE 2020? One, actually, I don't know if the years are commingled with one another, but holy fuck, 
it's been a rough time as a as a wrestling fan and also a rough time for the workers who work the independent circuits and don't make much money outside of that. Should definitely tell you it's not wise to do a show and just go in deep, right? And off tangent. So I guess what that means is, folks, I'm going to wrap this shit up just here in a minute. Not spend all my time on the phone. Sound like I'm talking to myself. Anyhow, for shall we just for a tidbit, Cleveland Browns go one-on-one with the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, Kareem Hunt. Had some strong words for his former team. He also has a portable speaker, which needs to be... Actually, I have. Sorry, I'm listening on my Christmas list. I need to go to bed, folks. I need to go to bed. I can rant and rave at the beginning of the show more, but yes. Well, a few concerns. Raquel Gonzalez learned to sell. You can do awesome other than that. Bianca Belair. I hope to see her in the Royal Rumble. I haven't seen her in quite a bit. My predictions for the Royal Rumble. Keith Lee. And I want to say the winner is going to be Seth Rollins because he's going to come back during the Royal Rumble. Just a prediction. And if it's not Seth, then it's got to be somebody. There's a Hopefully, I don't know how many he's fit in the ring. It's 40 or 30. Anyways, folks, it's time my cue for me to go to sleep. I do have work in the morning. So, with that being said, if you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Thank you, Spencer Slade, once again, my man. I hope we'd have you on my show when you hit it big time. And I know you're going to hit the big time, dude. So, you take care. Toodles, bitches. I got some sleep. Do good. Wait, that was the weakest outro I've ever heard, especially on the Dig It. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to go. Toodles, bitches. I got to sleep. Dig It. That felt better.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.